0: I want to talk to you for the next few minutes, uh, rather continue talking to you for the next few minutes on one particular uh, uh, moment in the life of Joseph. You know, we have been we have been reading and studying about the the life of this of this young uh, man or or this young teenage guy who is now almost in his adult phase, uh, in his adult phase, to say. And uh, we we have seen uh, how this man was betrayed, uh, sold off. Uh, found himself as a slave have been, has been serving in a slave, gone thrown into prison and and we're gonna be kickstarting our story for this evening uh, from from there uh, from that particular junction of joseph's life. and what's happened now is Joseph is still in prison. he's still in prison and and he's got this uh, unique gift of of uh, of this dreams, right until now we have we have heard about how this guy is is getting dreams and how He's got into problems because of his dreams, and uh, in fact, now we see a different side to that. Is when all this time that he is spending in, in prison, we are seeing that he's using his gifts and skills uh, uh, in prison as well. He he ends up interpreting dreams for the for the king's uh, cupbearer and the king's butler. Uh, this is this is he's still in Joseph. Uh, he's still in Egypt, by the way, and and we see him uh, during this, this entire time while he's there in prison. We've seen probably just once starting to went out a little, uh, you know, to, to these two guys, to the cupbearer and to the king about how everything in his life has turned out wrong so far. And when he, when he goes ahead and uh, interprets the dream of the, of the cupbearer, he makes this one simple request to him. He tells him, hey man, when you when you get out from this place and when you go back to serving the king of Egypt, the Pharaoh, I've got just one request for you. His simple request is, remember me. That's what Joseph says. Remember me, and and just put in a word to Pharaoh because you know everything that has been happening to my uh, with my life is not fair. Everything that has happened to me, I have done nothing to deserve this. And and we see the 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 crazy thing is we see that well, when the cupbearer's dreams uh, are interpreted by the jo- uh, by Joseph and when those dreams uh, when that dream comes true and when Joseph, uh, when the cupbearer finds himself back in the palace serving the king again he forgets about Joseph i don't know if you've been in that place where where, where people have forgotten you where people have missed out on 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 you know doing the things that you had once asked him to do but but we see that happen with Joseph again and and probably we see Joseph I don't know if he was sulking if he was sad or or I don't know we uh, what are the emotions that were going through the mind of Joseph but two years later is when the real drama begins to unfold it's been a long two years I would say for Joseph. It's been, it's been those crazy two years for Joseph, imagine, still spending time in prison, you know, trying to do his best with his gifts of leadership, with his gifts of stewardship. And two years later, this is what happens. The Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gets these two dreams because of which he is really troubled. He's not just troubled, he's, he's very upset because, you know, when he, when he gets these dreams, he, he calls for these magicians, these wise men, and his advisors, his counselors, to come and, and try a shot at, at translating or giving an explanation to these dreams. But the reason he's upset is because none of these guys can do it. None of these guys can, 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 can comprehend the kind of the, these two dreams that Pharaoh has got. So, what happens now? Well, the, ki- the cup bearer, the king's cup bearer, the same dude who was with, who was with Joseph in prison, all of a sudden gets this flashback he's like, my goodness, there's this guy in the prison who helped me when I got a dream and I had no idea what that, what that dream meant. Joseph was the guy who helped me, this young Hebrew chap helped me in my toughest moments and he just didn't kind of give any kind of explanation. He was so spot on with his explanation that it, my dream pe- turned out to be in the exact same way. Now, if you are if you wondering why, uh, why is there so much emphasis uh, in this particular segment of the Bible on dreams, the Egyptians gave way too, importance, way too much importance to dreams. So much so that one of the ways how how they believed that God spoke to them was through dreams. Even for that matter, the, the the Israelites, God's own people. One of the ways that God spoke to them was through dreams, and that's how we see Joseph, who 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 wanted to give so much importance to the dreams that he had as a teenage guy. But the, his very own community, who's actually used to 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 be uh, to uh, who's used to hearing about dreams and how God speaks to dreams. Are threatened by those very same dreams. But let's not go there. We're coming, we are talking about the cupbearer who, who has his flashback and how he remembers Joseph. Two years later, but he remembers Joseph. And and Joseph gets summoned from the prison cell. They they wash him up, they clean him up, you know, because of course he is coming before the king of Egypt. So so he's all clean-shaved, he's all like pepped up to, to come before the king. Uh, come before the pharaoh and and I was I was just trying to picture this moment right I, I don't know if you're doing that with me right now but just just try to picture this moment you know imagine a bunch of of wise men imagine a bunch of magicians and and all the counselors and advisors of the king of Egypt right standing there clueless about the dream of pharaoh and here comes this young, uh, young, uh, young, uh, young guy from the prison I don't know what, what thoughts were going through Joseph's mind as he was approaching uh, the, uh, 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 as he was approaching Pharaoh, but I'm sure he. This was a conversation nobody saw coming. This was a conversation nobody saw. Uh, nobody expected such such a moment to be created, but. Everyone is, everyone's eyes must be focused on this young Hebrew chap who has just been pulled out of prison and who is made to stand in front of the king of Egypt who is stressed and upset about the dreams that he's had. He's worried about it. Anybody listening right now feeling a bit worried? Anybody who's tuned in right now? feeling a a bit stressed or really stressed about what's going to happen to those plans and those ambitions and those dreams of yours? Anybody watching and feeling really worked up because because the the things and and the situations that you're caught up in has become so messed up that you have no idea what's going to happen? I want to help you. And I want to help you by, by telling you this, by giving you this disclaimer that probably... Some of the things are definitely beyond my my ability and capacity to step in and help you out. But I've got some news for you. I've got some news for you. And and I hope you can write this down. Uh, The peace that Jesus offers can set you at ease even in your worst moments. The peace that Jesus offers can set you at ease, even in your worst moments. Nanant, why do you say that? I say that because I want us to turn to Genesis 41, and we'll read just these few verses from 16, from 14 to 16, Genesis 41, 14 to 16, and this is what it says: Joseph, uh, Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once, and he quickly, uh, and he was quickly brought from the prison. After he he shaved and changed his clothes, he, he went in and stood before Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night and no one here can tell me what it means. But I have heard that when you hear about a dream, you can interpret it. It is beyond my power to do this, Joseph replied, but God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you for every single person listening to this uh, or watching this. I pray, God, that you know the deepest uh, needs of our heart. You know how to set things right for us. I pray for every single one who's, who's listening or watching this, God, that you would set us at ease in the midst of our crisis, in the midst of the challenges, in the midst of us doing life the way we are doing it, I pray, God, that your peace and your presence would make a massive difference. So, God, we welcome your presence in this time, Lord. Holy Spirit, that you take charge of every heart and every mind and let us be open and receptive to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to talk to you for the next few minutes on this title that I've I've just picked up from this verse, uh, from verse sixteen, uh, that says, "But God can." But God can. See, the presence of Jesus is is powerful enough to cut through your worry. The presence of Jesus is powerful enough to cut through your pain and help you plug in to the God-sized purposes for your life. I'm not, just, I'm not just trying to, to, to hype you up, but this is a truth that I really want us to, to grasp or capture in our hearts and in our spirits, that it's the presence of Jesus that brings that peace. It's, it's, the, it's the peace and the, and the presence and the power that comes when, when we put our faith in Christ. See, when we, when we accept Christ in our lives, right, all of us are partakers, and all of us are carriers of the peace of God all of us i want you to hear this all of us are partakers and all of us are carriers of the peace of god when we put our faith and trust in jesus and and coming back to the conversation between pharaoh and joseph joseph is about to drop some truth bombs to Pharaoh and everyone in the palace, they, they're kind of glued to, to this conversation that's about to come up, this, they're glued to wanting to know what is this guy gonna say, especially the magicians, especially the, the wise men and the counselors, they're trying to just probably give him those judgmental looks like, okay kid, show us what he got. Tell, tell let's, let's try and see how, you, how well you do in this, in this scenario. And, and the way he translates, the way he, he, he explains the, the dreams that Pharaoh has is, a fantastic, is another fantastic demonstration of Joseph's wisdom, of Joseph's strategic foresight and his strong gift to craft out solutions. No wonder Joseph found favor with the, with, the, with, the, with the captain of the palace guard. No wonder Joseph found favor when, when he was still caught up in prison with the warden. And, and this guy, wherever he shows up, he, he is this man of excellence. He's this man of wisdom. He's this man who's got this incredible gift of leadership and, and administration. I've said that before, but I just want to tell you you know, in this short conversation that, that Joseph has with Pharaoh, I'm just thinking, right? It's like a quick masterclass that Joseph gives Pharaoh when it comes to strategic management and decision-making. I'm serious. Like, if you go back and, and read the text... And, and I, I encourage you to go back and read the text. It's it's an incredible story. Joseph talks about how there's the next 14 years for, for Egypt are so crucial because he tells them that the dreams that Pharaohs had signifies that. And it talks about the abundance of seven years, how Egypt is going to do well, everything is going to come out, uh, you know, uh, uh, be good, and the crop is going to go in abundance. So everything is going to be fine for the first seven years, and then comes the, the, the seven years of famine where Egypt is going to really struggle so what what Joseph tells Pharaoh is that Pharaoh needs to find somebody a wise intelligent person who can help navigate the entire nation uh, or take the leadership and help the entire nation navigate well through these next 14 years that's what the dream is all about and what got me thinking right This guy, Joseph, had just been pulled out from the prison to to just give an explanation to the dream and and nobody would have seen this conversation go in this manner because I'll tell you why. The interpreter has turned out to be an advisor of the king. Can you imagine that? A a prisoner at one end at at one at one point of time, the next moment he's he's an interpreter. The next moment he becomes an advisor to the king with with a kind of you know strategic foresight and and the detailed plan that Joseph lays down for Pharaoh as to how Pharaoh can ensure that the 14 years are are, are, are kind of laid out well and nobody has to suffer. This is what the Bible says in the in those following verses from uh, verses 37, the same chapter. Joseph's suggestions were well received by pharaoh and his officials so pharaoh asked his officials can we find can can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the spirit of god then pharaoh said to joseph check this out guys this is this is interesting this is exciting this is mind boggling stuff since god has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. Sorry, magicians, you guys just lost your jobs. But, but that's what Pharaoh is saying. Uh, you, you will be in charge of my court and all my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have, a, will have a rank higher than yours. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. What? This gets better. Then Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and placed it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in fine linen clothing and hung a gold chain around his neck. Then he had Joseph ride uh, in the chariot reserved for the second in command. And wherever Joseph went, the command was shouted, kneel down. So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all Egypt. How many of you wish for something like that to happen to you? At one moment you're 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 locked up in some tough challenges, tough situations, the next moment you're soaring high. I mean this is this is like a this is like a dream story that we all would want to be a part of, right? And and we're seeing this happen and, and everything that Joseph said everything that joseph spoke in that one conversation uh, with the pharaoh it just not bring peace and calm in for that particular situation we see that it paves it paved way for joseph to see things finally go well for him after 13 long years he was sold into slavery when he was 17 and by this time uh, he takes charge of Egypt he is 30 and we see that there's been this long wait of 13 years now come on guys 13 years is not a joke it's not a short time span and and we are finally beginning to see things take a turnaround for for Joseph as he has been noticed in the king's palace for his gifts right for his leadership, his administration gift, but, but what has actually happened over here and I want us to focus on that. The king and everyone in that, in that conversation or everyone in that palace took notice of the presence of God over Joseph's life. I want you to pay attention to that because that is the key uh, verse. That is the key principle that I'm trying to drive you uh, uh, through this particular talk. Verse 38, it says that, Can we find anyone else like this man obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Joseph's lifestyle became an opportunity for the people around him to recognize the presence of God in his life. See, the outcome... The outcome of that was the favor and the resources that Joseph was on the receiving side of, right? And, and most of the times, we are so focused on the outcome. We are so focused on the success. We are so focused on, on what can I get or what, what can we see happen when we put our faith and trust in Jesus. But, but let's step back for a minute and see what, what, we are, what we are seeing in this particular segment of the story. Allow me to show you something over here, right? This is this is this is exciting, and and I hope this stirs up your heart. Uh, this stirs up your spirit. See, when a person who who is fully aware of the presence of God in their lives shows up in conversations and shows up in situations, I want to tell you that you carry the joy, you carry the peace, and you carry the abundant life of God in those moments with you. I'm I'm serious because see that's the thing, right? The, the we see that. The, the chapter starts with Pharaoh being uneasy, he feeling, he's feeling upset because he's not at ease and Joseph just has to make this one statement that, hey, this is not my business, this is, this is not me, this is completely God who's going to give you the meaning of it and he's going to put your heart at ease and that's exactly what happens. Pharaoh, now, now here's the thing, right? It's not that the magicians, it's not that the counselors or the advisors did not try to give a shot at trying to explain this dream. You need to understand that Joseph came into the scene after Pharaoh had exhausted all these options so what is it that Joseph says or what is it that Joseph does that, that 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 kind of puts Pharaoh at ease? it is the 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 only stark difference between the the guys out there and Joseph was the presence of God over Joseph's life now Joseph does not have any study material or any expertise when it comes to you know laying out dreams and telling meanings like the other musicians and the wizards and the counselors who were there present joseph's only go to plan was believing in god Practicing a life of right standing, living according to the the holiness, living according to the purity, living according to the morality that was there at that time. And Joseph is doing that so well and we see that the presence of God makes such a massive difference in that particular moment. Which leads to Joseph getting so much favor, so much resources, so much power, so much authority because he was the carrier of the presence of God. I want to tell you, Zelis, each of us is a partaker and carrier of the presence of God. We reflect the presence of God when we are carving out opportunities for peace and for life. We are the ones who who reflect God's presence in those situations. See, Joseph's insight and guidance to the king of Egypt brought peace not only in that conversation, but it, it brought peace throughout the entire nation. His valuable leadership... Advice helped the entire nation navigate well through the times of abundance but also through the times of crisis right and we see that his wise counsel saved and helped the future generations of Israel to flourish as well we'll see that in the coming weeks and all of this was made possible because Joseph was completely dependent on God his total dependency on God changed the entire course for so many nations, guys. You know, even that's, that's what the dependency of God can do. You know, zooming out from the story and, and plugging into the life of disciples uh, of, of Jesus, we see that even for the disciples of Christ, who put their faith in Him, who believed in Him, and who chose to follow Christ All throughout their life journey, they impacted the world in such a significant way, and that impact still continues. Today, you and me are partakers of that same story that began so many thousands of years ago. And and I wonder, and I wonder if you if you have given thought to this, I wonder, I really, really, really wonder what the outcome of your complete dependency on Jesus will look like, I wonder what stories will start coming out from this community, from your individual lives, when we continue to speak the hope of God, when we continue to speak the shalom or the peace of God, when we continue to speak the life of God in all situations that you and me are caught up in, I wonder what would be the crazy possibilities if we too can make these bold statements like the same way how Joseph did, you know, to, to a certain extent, Joseph was saying, he's like, you know, Pharaoh, I know I can't do this, but God can. You know, I I know I can't get myself out of this recession. I know I I can't get myself out of this this business collapse that, that I'm witnessing. I know I can't get myself out of this financial problem, but I know God can. I wonder if there's faith that is rising in your hearts right now to say that I know I can't, but I know God can. That's what Joseph, that is what Joseph was doing. See, Joseph's entire life, right? It's not a rags to riches story. It's, it's not this, you know, this, this 10 points to become a successful or a successful billionaire or a successful rich person. It's, it's none of that. We see that happen. We see Joseph get power. We see Joseph get influence and authority. We see all of that happen, but that's not something what, what we really want us to focus on. When it comes to the kingdom of God... Success words like success, words like prosperity are spelt out in a different way, and and they they they, they are different because let me hear you uh, let me let me help you with this. True prosperity is not always linked to what you do. True prosperity is not always linked to what you do, but who you are. See, a postmodern worldview would, would mock this truth because in order to become successful, right, you're expected to constantly hustle. You're you you you're expected to, to slog your way. You're, you're maybe even expected to cut some corners and to get yourself to a position of influence because, you know, you need to grind it, right? You need to grind it and, and all these cool phrases that are there because it's only when you slog, it's only when you hustle, it's only when you grind, people start taking notice of you and people start valuing you and then begins to come your influence and then, that's how you go up the ladder and, and you make a name for yourself and all of that. I think I think we are all are aware of how things work when it comes to the uh, to the to the worldly perspective of achieving success and achieving prosperity. And and I'm not trying to communicate to you that there's that work does not have its role. You know, working to achieve your goals is brilliant. We all need to do that. But Joseph's rise to significance was because of his trust in God. And, and then came the gifts and skills. Then came the gifts and skills. It was, of his, it was his firm belief and the this, and this statement that, that really resonates with my heart. That I know I can't, but God can his identity was just not found in his gifts and skills, but his identity was in his unwavered trust in the living God. See, the entire story, right, looks like it's, it's one-of-a-kind story, the life of Joseph, but it's a brilliant one. It's a brilliant one. Maybe all this while you're sitting out there and, and you're saying to yourself, you know, I don't have the gifts and skills like Joseph had. I you know he's got this amazing leadership capacity he's got this amazing foresight and and I, I don't see myself in that in that in that story altogether my story my situations don't even match up well to everything that, that you have been talking about nanath how how does this even make sense to me i just i just want to ask you right i want to tell you this Keep in mind the the principles here which are more important than just following the pattern of the life of Joseph. See, his his true identity, like I said, was not just in his leadership skills, but it was in his deep reverence and and his deep trust for God. The, The biblical truths add more value to your identity than the titles, the accolades or the accomplishments you hold. It's a biblical truth, you know, that, that really add on to your value. You, you are accepted, you, you are loved, you are God's chosen, you are forgiven, you are a new creation, you are not alone and many more of these truths that are transformational and that are life-changing. These are the truths that Jesus speaks over your life, irrespective of how you feel right now. See, the greatest, the greatest story that you and me can fit into, the greatest story that you and me can relate with and, and we have our roles to play is a story where humanity's eternal restoration and redemption was when Jesus died for all of us so that we don't have to experience the eternal pain and eternal death. He took your place. He took my place. And because of that, we have access to a relationship with a living God who who cares so much for you, who loves you so much that He wants you to get plugged into His God-sized purposes for you. Everything that Jesus has done for us enables us to live according to the true identity and walk according to His plans and His purposes for us. We're so glad you've been listening in. If you'd like to know more about us, follow us on Insta at zealouspune or visit us online at zealous.community.